All right, the Rules Committee will come to order. Um, America's history with the indigenous people that are native to this land um, is atrocious. Uh, there is no other way to put it. Uh, it's appalling. Thankfully, it's becoming common to acknowledge this publicly, whether that means recognizing Native American Heritage Month every November or pointing out uh, that this capital is built on the stole, stolen land of the uh, Nakachtank and Piscataway people who lived uh, along the Potomac River long before this country existed. But the truth is that simply acknowledging this truth is not enough. Uh, words alone don't absolve us of the horrific injustices brought on Native American communities at the hands of the U.S. government. Actions do. And that is why I'm hopeful that today's historic hearing opens a new door towards building greater understanding and the possible inclusion of these communities in Congress. You know, in 1835, the U.S. government and individuals from the Cherokee Nation negotiated the Treaty of New Echota, uh, 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 an agreement with this government that was ratified by the United States Senate. The treaty, which led to the forced removal of the Cherokee from their homelands, included a provision that says that the Cherokee Nation, I quote, shall be entitled to a delegate in the House of Representatives of the United States whenever Congress shall make provision for the same, end quote. It's been nearly 200 years. Uh, but I'm proud that this committee on this day at this hearing, for the first time ever, is exploring procedural options for the potential implementation of seating a Cherokee Nation delegate. This is a complicated issue which is why we have experts with us today to help answer questions and help us to find a way to move forward. And several other tribes have also come forward to say that they're entitled to a delegate as well. So while the conversations we're having pertain solely to the Cherokee Nation, we know that more work will have to be done to examine this issue further. Look, at, I personally believe we need to find a way to honor our treaty obligations with the Cherokee Nation, even though it will be a potentially challenging road uh, to get there, but we need to honor those treaty obligations. And Congress should find a way to make this happen. Uh, and now let me turn to our ranking member, Mr. Cole, a member of the Chickasaw Nation of Oklahoma and one of only a few Native Americans serving in Congress right now uh, for his remarks. I'm proud to serve alongside of him every day, uh, but especially today as he helps this institution navigate this important issue. Probably some days more than others, Mr. Chairman, but uh, this is a good day. And uh, I want to thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I want to thank my friend Chief Hoskins for being here. Uh, we're here today for an original jurisdiction hearing examining the legal and procedural factors related to seating a delegate from the Cherokee Nation in the House of Representatives. Before I continue my remarks, I want to personally thank you, Mr. Chairman, for holding this hearing today. I'm hopeful that the discussions that we have today help lay the groundwork for other committees of jurisdiction to examine this issue in more detail. Regardless, today marks an important first step toward examining the questions and the process surrounding the seating of a delegate from the Cherokee Nation. As a member of the Chickasaw Nation and co-chair of the Congressional Native American Caucus, I've always voiced my support for the federal government to honor its treaty obligations. Far too often, uh, excuse me, for far too long uh, in our nation's history, the federal government accumulated a sorry record of making promises to tribes and then breaking those promises as soon as it was expedient to do so. Only in recent years has the record improved. 
With today's hearing, we begin examination of a specific promise made in the Treaty of New Echota in 1835, and I certainly welcome the examination of this question by Congress. Uh, but it seems clear from the language of the treaty that this right is not self-executing and would require action by Congress to implement. As we consider this, members of the House have real questions about this issue, and the purpose of today's hearing is to begin examining those questions in detail. In addition to basic procedural questions, these questions will include, are there other tribes that have this right? Why did the tribe choose to select its delegate by council vote rather than by vote of the tribe? Are there concerns about double representation resulting in constituents being represented both by their geographic member of Congress and by a delegate from the tribe? Is this arrangement constitutional? And if so, what factors must be considered? How would the seating of a delegate change the character of the House, if, if it did at all? <coughs> Many more. I list out these questions for our witnesses to discuss, along with others that will assuredly come up during today's hearing. It's important to note that the right uh, contained in the treaty may be clear, but the resolution of those rights and how they uh, may be applied still require great examination and consideration. If the House ultimately decides to move forward, it will only do so after a bipartisan recognition of the claim and a bipartisan process going forward. We should remember that the Cherokee Nation is not the only tribe that has or may have this right, and the process we ultimately follow for this claim may apply to others as well. I'm glad to see tribes advocating for their treaties with such conviction, and today's hearing represents a starting point in that bipartisan process of recognizing tribal treaty rights. However, additional work and consideration is needed, uh, particularly by the other committees of jurisdiction. And I hope the work begun here today continues to carry the process forward, ideally examining all such claims by tribes that possess them. Finally, I wish to clean up a common misunderstanding about the nature of today's hearing uh, that I've seen reported in the media. This is a hearing to give Congress an opportunity to understand the issue of seating a delegate to represent the Cherokee Nation. There's no vote on that issue today. Indeed, at present, no legislation has been introduced on this issue. Today's hearing is a good first step, but we have a long way to go in the process. Indeed, until legislation is proposed and the issues taken up by the, uh, all committees of original jurisdiction, Congress is unlikely to act. I thank our witnesses for appearing before us today in what I think of as an historic hearing, uh, and I look forward to their testimony. With that, Mr. Chairman, I yield back. Thank you, and I thank the ranking member for his opening statement, uh, and I now want to introduce our distinguished witnesses. Um, Chuck Hoskin, Jr. serves as the Principal Chief of the Cherokee Nation. Prior to being elected to his role in 2019, Chief Hoskin was Cherokee Nation's Secretary of State and also served as a member of the Council of the Cherokee Nation. Uh, Lindsay Robertson is a professor at the University of Oklahoma College of Law uh, and, an indigenous law and, and, and an Indigenous Law Center visiting professor. He teaches classes in federal Indian law, constitutional law, and international and comparative Indigenous peoples law, among other topics. Uh, Manion um, A. Schwartz uh, is a legislative attorney uh, in the American Law Division of the Congressional Research Service. Uh, in that capacity, Ms. Schwartz provides nonpartisan legal and constitutional analysis to Congress on a range of matters, including federal Indian law and congressional authority over the United States territories. We are 
delighted that all three of you are here. Uh, and uh, Chief Hoskin, we will begin with you. And just make sure your yeah your light is on. Yeah. 